I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PML. Do you not understand that they are that way because you're Joe Flacco? And you just like to discredit things that people deserve credit for. That you can't possibly be expected to defend that. Talk about the game, Sam. So who cares about what people think about us? Yeah, I like football, I like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Sam Monson here. No Steve Palazzolo. He is still in Boston. So we have a crossover episode. The Doctor. Dr. Eric Eager from the PFF Forecast. Dr. DJN in the house. How's it going, Eric? Dude, just because I bet on that LSU-Kansas <laughs> State game doesn't make me a degenerate. I, I Look, I may be the closest person being able to fill in for Steve, and I'm still seven inches shorter than he is. This is very true. We could have we could have imported Ben Stockwell or Brad. Brad's a giant as well. Brad is big, yep. A lot of freaky tall people work yep. at PFF. Even Chris. Chris, what's Chris? Five, six, five, six, yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. Chris, uh, Chris was an NFL wide receiver. This is true. This is true. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we, we've got Eric in for our podcast here. A little bit of housekeeping up front. We have uh, wrapped up the, the Charity Drive 5.0. We've raised $2,222, all the twos. Um, we're locking that up now. We've started the whatever the withdrawal process is and GoFundMe so that we can get that money to the tornado relief um, situation, you know, while it's acute, while the money's actually needed. We'll figure out what we're doing in terms of, uh, you know, a little bit of a forfeit or a punishment or whatever to, to get something done for that. But huge thank you to everybody that donated money and donated money on all the uh, charity drives we've had so far. We'll start up the next one and figure out what we're going to do. So as always, email us ideas, both in terms of the charity you want to see us donate to um, and in terms of what we can do, ideas for the punishment, the forfeit, all those kinds of things. NFL podcast singular at pff.com is our email for that. All right, Eric, first up, we have to do some kind of autopsy on Monday Night Football, which was one of the saddest games I can remember seeing. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was certainly, um, you know, obviously Big Ben going out of Pittsburgh with a win, you know, it's the story everybody wanted. Um, did everybody want to see Big Ben, you know, like basically spit in the face of passing <laughs> efficiency uh, in doing so? I don't think so. Uh, what was Big Ben? 46 pass attempts for 123. Like, imagine the the um, the gnashing of teeth that would ensue if a running back had 46 rush attempts for 123 yards. And like the Jonathan Taylor, oh, they're nine and zero when he goes over hundred yards, and oh, and six when they don't, kind of thing. Um, but like, but for Big Ben, right? In this case, uh, an absolute uh, gem, and it was only really we didn't pay enough attention to it at the time because Baker Mayfield was busy going sixteen for thirty-eight for one eighty-five and two interceptions. Yeah, he was he was so bad, and it was, and obviously, I think that we're gonna have to you know, come back and see whether or not it was the, the shoulder injury because yeah. he did have a great finish to last year. And he had a decent start to, like, the Kansas City game in week one. Yeah. It was great. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I don't know if we want to close the door on Baker Mayfield or not, but he certainly was not only, like, bad this year, but also watching Browns games, you look at that team and you're like, I, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a team that from player two to 53, very good football team, and obviously the most important player just – kind of couldn't do it for him. Yeah, let, let's see if uh, – I just sent Tyler an image, see if he can throw that up now. But they, Steve sent me a chart um, the other day that was like every instance of a quarterback throwing at least 45 pass attempts in a regular season game plotted by the date and the yards <laughs> per attempt figured that they ended up with. And, you know, they're kind of all over the place, but the single lowest number is Ben Roethlisberger – uh, on Monday night. And the, the ridiculous thing is, as you said, he wasn't the worst quarterback playing. Like, he was out there chucking one yard, you know, third and ten, quick two-yard flare. I, I, third and ten, quick one-yard out. Like, nothing. No attempt to push the ball down the field, almost at all. There were a couple of shots How did I there. even miss this? Deontay Johnson had 15 targets 
eight catches, 31 yards. <laughs> and like, how does that even happen? It was crazy. And yet Baker Mayfield was worse. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, it's just, it's such unfortunate because that team, like I know they lost Odell Beckham Jr. And that whole thing that was supposed to open up their passing game was to get rid of him. And last season when he, when he got injured, that passing game did get better. Baker Mayfield was more impressive but like I even look at the the pass catchers they have, and they they spent big money on Austin Hooper. They they don't get much out of him with Baker now. Um, Ninjoku's a first round pick tight end. Now he did catch a touchdown, and you know whatever. Donovan Peoples Jones, like if you look at like our athleticism metric, Donovan Peoples Jones is like two standard deviations better than he's like a big, tall, fast thing. Right. That. But then I, you know I watched a ton of Browns game this year, and I'm like. He's got to be more productive than this. I look him. I look him up. He's got like 500 yards this year. It's just like, and then obviously Jarvis Landry turned 10 targets into 43 yards. It's just, and I and I, I wonder with Baker being injured and them having a capable backup in Case Keenum. Like, is this also malpractice on the part of Kevin Stefanski, a man who won Coach of the Year last year? And for all, for all I can tell, is extremely smart and extremely um, you know, thoughtful and, and, and a Browns franchise that I think is moving in the right direction. But this is a tremendous step back for them this year. And I don't know, who do we pin it on? I mean, who, are, does, does Stefanski and company deserve some blame here? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been arguing all season long that I think they were doing – they were doing Baker Mayfield a disservice by playing him all season long with that injury. Now, look, it, and it, it doesn't really matter to me whether he was the guy making that call. You know what I mean? Like if they were sort of leaving it up to him and saying, it's on you, Baker. You tell us when you're too hurt not to go and we'll shut you down. And he was going, no, I got it. I got, I'm, I'm good. I strap it up. Like if he was doing that and playing the way he is, then he was the dude from Monty Python, you know, with the no arm. It's like it's a flesh wound. It's like, well, it isn't. You know what I mean? You're standing there with no arms. You're losing the fight. It's not working. It, like if that was what was happening, it's on them to overrule him and shut him down. And if that's not what was happening, if they were putting him out there knowing that, like, he's not really capable of doing this, then what are you getting out of it? Like the only way it makes any sense is if they were calculating that, a banged-up, injured Baker Mayfield is still our better option over Case Keenum. And whether or not that's right or not, it's a pretty sort of calculated way of doing this. And you're like, because you know what? The only downside here is to him. Like, we don't really lose out unless we're wrong. And so then this brings up, I think, an interesting question with regard to the quarterback position because, you know, we, like, since the 2011 CBA, and it took the NFL, I think, some time to really pin down, like, what was happening. But it's it's very clear now in the NFL that you can win championships with quarterback play that is not elite, but quarterback play that's on a rookie deal, right? You know, we saw Jared Goff take the Rams to the Super Bowl. We talk, saw Carson Wentz slash Nick Foles, but inexpensive quarterback play on rookie deal to the Super Bowl and win one. We saw Russell Wilson do it in 2012 and, and or sorry, 2013. And you know, obviously Russell is, a, is an elite quarterback now, but back then it wasn't that elite tier of quarterback play that got them to the Super Bowl. You know, obviously the, the unicorn is Patrick Mahomes being elite and also on a rookie deal taking the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Right. But then we don't have the, the sort of complementary part of a non-elite quarterback on a market deal taking a team to a Super Bowl and winning. I think the closest thing was Matt Ryan in 2016, and that took – a you know an offensive coordinator completely in his bag you know two standard deviations better than everybody else and a quarterback sort of and a team <laughs> investing a ton like Mohamed Sanu and and uh, you know uh, you know Julio Jones and obviously you know a defense that played really well uh, under Dan Quinn so Mayfield right Mayfield's in this 2018 class they've already paid Josh Allen the 43 million a year I, I think every I think Lamar Jackson even though this year has been kind of bad for him he I think he's going to get the second contract having been an MVP Baker Mayfield what do they do about Baker Mayfield what what does the contract look like if they want to resign him because there isn't precedent right yeah Blake Bortles is probably the closest thing we have to a team signing their own draft pick at the position to not a market level deal and I don't think Baker Mayfield's camp is going to accept whatever they call the Blake Bortles deal but they certainly can't reasonably come to the table and ask for Dak Prescott money yeah. or Josh Allen money so what does this look like well to me it it that's why they're kind of it it's it's almost 
done now, right? Like the, the conversation earlier in the year was, are they going to get this contract done? Are they going to sign him or not? Because the contract has to be $40, $40 million a mm-hmm. year or nothing. And that was your decision. Now it's like, well, the way things have gone this year, you're inevitably just going to play him out as fifth-year option. And if that goes well, you try and get a deal done and or franchise him. So he's, he's, he's stuck there on like a sequence of short-term one-year deals unless he sucks again, in which case they're just kicking him to the curb. Which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I mean, I guess in, in our history— It's way better than like signing him to a $40 million a year deal and then this happening. Well, and that was what happened with, with Goff and Wentz as they were signed after year three. Yeah. And that was, in my opinion, a mistake because ultimately, like, to me, the hardest problem, and I, I tweeted this out yesterday, the hardest problem in football right now is determining— whether a guy who's been competent on a rookie deal is worth that amount of money because those errors are extremely costly. You look at Minnesota, you look at uh, obviously the Rams and what they had to do to get out from under the golf thing. Even the Eagles, like the Eagles have sort of lucked into Jalen Hurts, but like they were in cap hell going into this year because of the Wentz stuff, but also because of, you know, what the Wentz stuff causes you to do. And like, yeah, and I think, and, and there's somebody in the league who, who kind of, you know, messaged me about this and it really did jog my sort of th- thought process here. What is the, what is the bad thing about doing the fifth year option and then the two tags? Like, why, why are these teams so ready, right? Even, even Josh Allen, who I think is an elite quarterback, who, you know, if you're an a, a fan of an a, AFC team in the playoffs, you're scared of facing Josh Allen. But even him, you know, one yard this year is how big his yards per attempt have reduced. Five completion percentage points is how much his completion percentage has reduced. Fifteen, and passer ratings, whatever, but we all understand what the scale is. Fifteen passer rating points. Josh Allen's passer rating right. has gone down. PFF grade, I think it's 10 PFF grade points. And so you bought at the top after three years, and now, like... You're still you're probably not getting surplus value even for a guy who's even as good as Josh Allen is, and, and not even to mention Dak Prescott with Dallas, who I think has been oscillating between elite and okay this year. It's such a hard problem, particularly the first two of the three, right? The the fifth year option, the first franchise tag, like those are not expensive years. The second franchise tag number starts to get a little crazy, and that's when you. That's when you end up in that Washington Kirk Cousins situation where you're like, you spent $72 million to determine that Kirk Cousins wasn't worth paying 70, you know what I mean? Like you're paying him big money to decide that he's not worth paying big money. That seems a little futile. But yeah, like if you have a guy that you're not 100% convinced is in that elite conversation, then that fifth year option, that first franchise tag year are like cheap hedges there's almost no reason not to do it other than all you're doing at that point is sort of sparking a media frenzy of well why is the deal not getting done or you're making him unhappy because you haven't given him the contract but ultimately if he's good those are things you can weather it's not like he's not getting paid you're still giving him a decent chunk of money for those last couple of deals um we talked about baker mayfield a lot on the pff nfl daily today so i want to flip over to the other team and sort of talk about what do the Steelers do at quarterback now with Ben presumably retiring after this year? We had a question in from somebody called Luke Miller. Um, I'm not going to read the whole email out, but he was sort of suggesting, do they trade for somebody like Tua? But they're now in this spot that a few teams are in where your previous answer at quarterback is no longer an answer. And this is not a great year to need to have an unanswered question at quarterback, right? There's a, a kind of a few white whales out there with – potential monster trades, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, the the Deshaun Watson craziness. Um, then there's the draft where there might not be any elite quarterbacks. And then there's the merry-go-round of the Marcus Mariotas of the world where it's like, do we get a retread and hope that this guy is a capable starter? Yeah, the Steelers, uh, you know, and I know this isn't a perfect measurement, but from our friends at Over the Cap, the Steelers, uh, are roughly like a top 12, top 10 team in terms of cap space, 43 million. Uh, um, so they're they're in a position, right, where they can they they can do some things to make a move. Um, and they're a storied franchise, right? Like they're a team that I mean, you know, Mike Tomlin is what he is. I think analytics folks are maybe a little down on him, but like you have to look and say like the guy's never had a losing <laughs> season really for 15 years. That. Won a Super Bowl, took another team to a Super Bowl. Um, so, like, if you're if you're one of these quarterbacks, right? If you are Aaron Rodgers, or you are Russell Wilson, or um, 
you know, you're or Derek Carr even. Like you're one of those quarterbacks. Like you would love to play for Pittsburgh, wouldn't you? Like, yeah. um, and, and so those are obviously options. I think the hard thing is the, you know, the. I don't know, like, if they're a Super Bowl ready team with a great quarterback. That, what do you think? I got obviously T.J. Watt's an amazing player. Cam Hayward, you know, has, has had a fabulous career. The secondary's fine. Um, offensive line was a really big issue going into the year, but they improved as the season progressed. Wide receiver position is kind of middle of the pack. Like, are they a Super Bowl team with? An elite quarterback is maybe – an elite quarterback making top dollar because that's really yeah. the issue is that if you go in and you use the, the vast majority of this money and draft capital to acquire one of these great quarterbacks, is there going to be anything left? And are you going to be disappointed in the result? They, they're in the, the, a similar situation to, I think, the one Miami was in last offseason where they went in and the biggest weakness on that team, independent of Tua, was – we have a really bad offensive line and we have some money and we have draft capital, but we also have an offensive line full of young guys that we just invested in who haven't been good yet. And they took the approach of, we believe in our development process, you know, developmental process. We think these guys will get coached up next year. They'll be good. So we're not going to, we're not going to double down. We're not going to add more resources onto this because it's just wasted capital. If those guys all develop. So they left the offensive line alone and their offensive line has been a, train wreck this year. Pittsburgh's offensive line isn't as bad as Miami's, but I don't think it's as good as they've made it look either because Roethlisberger gets the ball out of his hands like 2.2 seconds like every game. The the fact that Najee Harris, like this was the first game where he actually had any kind of production because all of a sudden there was some running room. If they... If their offensive line improves, like if they... Because the same thing. They've got a lot of young guys there. If they all develop year two and that line takes a step forward then yeah, I think they could be a championship-caliber roster with an elite quarterback. If they don't touch it and the line is the same next year and all of a sudden you have a quarterback hanging onto the ball for 2.7 seconds on average instead of 2.2, that line is going to look a lot worse and it's going to end up being a much bigger problem for the offense. Well, I think that's what makes football so hard, right? Because I think we'll look at Big Ben and we'll say, man, Big Ben's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL the last two years. Like I, Steve, uh, you know the the usual uh, co-host of the show, he was you know, did an Aaron Rodgers piece where he used PFF WAR and like you know just for for orders of magnitude sense, like Tom Brady's been worth four wins this year, four and a half wins. Uh, guys like Joe Burrow in that four win category. Big Ben's been there before in that area. Right. Big Ben's been worth less than a half a win above replacement this year. Right. So he's not been good at all. But I worry though that. Big Ben's not that good at the stuff he used to be good at, but he's still competent at the stuff yeah. that covered up a lot of the stuff that the you know like when's the last time was it Bruce Arians was the last time that the that the Pittsburgh Steelers had an offensive coordinator that you could argue would have been successful without a veteran guy because like Randy Feeknor was a guy like like I, I some of the numbers look good on him but was it like was it kind of because Big Ben was running the show. Um, you know, Mac Canada has not been what they've promised, you know, independent of the team's record. So, like, that's the worry I have is you take Big Ben out of it and, sir, you, you have his ailing physical skills, the, the declining physical skills, but you still have the mental stuff that was sort of getting yeah. everybody lined like, up. That number sounds like something that is easily achievable. Like the idea that a quarterback gets the ball out of his hands 2.1, 2.2 seconds every single play yeah. or on average every single play. It sounds like, okay, just do that. Like, if you have a terrible offensive line, it takes a degree of mental acuity and experience and knowledge to be able to achieve that every single game. And Ben Roethlisberger has that. There are other quarterbacks that wouldn't be able to do it. Um, So there is something, too, that even in his decline physical state and the fact that he can't do all the things that he used to and his mobility is ugly at best, like, there's a lot there. And people were sort of saying, I think we had a question, an emailer say something like, you know, Roethlisberger's PFF grade, whatever it is right now, it's down with a bunch of other terrible quarterbacks. But late in the game, you know, one drive, 90 seconds left, you're going to want him rather than, like, oh, you know, sure. insert random other terrible quarterback, right? And it's because of that stuff. It, there is something still there, which is, you know, why they haven't benched him for Mason Rudolph or whatever at any point during the season. Um, all right, we're going to pivot to the next topic. But first, the first ad read, Eric, and you wanted to be involved in this one. Um, cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about upgrading your grooming routine for the New Year's? Our sponsor at Manscaped are here to make the ball drop. 
into 2022. Just one of them? The cleanest ever. Apparently only one. You only need to drop one ball into 2022. Um, That feels a little like that feels a little like half in, half out. Well, maybe I mean if that's all you're if if all you're displaying is one ball, then then you only need to shave one. I got you. I I guess I I don't know. It's unclear. It's not in the read. That's all I'm saying. Um, Set your your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code PFF for 20% off. And free shipping. There was it, a podcast I was listening to once who had the same read, and, and the, the astute co-host noticed that four, four million men is just a tad under eight million balls. It is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Multiplication, uh, uh, a, uh, a standard here at PFF. I was going to say, look, that's the difference between you and I, right? I'm not doing that mental math. You can't help it. Yeah. yeah? Um, it's new year, new me with the global leaders in male grooming. This year, take, uh, take your grooming to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and brand new ultra premium body wash. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0. Uh, this electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. Its advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks all over. It also comes equipped with a 4000K. 4000K? Yes. LED spotlight that will shine a light into uh, shine a light. <laughs> Where the sun don't shine. To the promised land uh, 2022 looks to be. This is like they used to be they used to have some really good puns in the Manscaped ads. Do you think they're do you think they're uh I don't know if they've run out or if they've changed the guy. Not quite as ballsy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I feel, one I feel of the, there's more one of the YouTube chat people, uh Serum uh, Zigia says, drop both or get out. I agree. And I think that's also the motto for, like, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Drop, just, drop both of them. Look, if you're going to drop, do it, do it properly or not at all. Um, and the new product that needs no introduction, the ultra-premium body washer Manscaped, solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. But in the shower, this body wash smells great, too. It's cologne-infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. Kick discomfort and poor hygiene to the curb this year and use the best tools for the job. Whether your resolution is to work more, work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code PFF. It's new year, new me in 2022 with Manscaped. I thought you did great there. Thank you. I, it was rough. I, I'm not happy with it, but on the but PFF appreciate- forecast, which is the podcast that I co-host with George Shahuri, George normally is the one, and I gotta say, I think George has more individual experience with the product as you, right? But I don't think he does a nearly as good of a job with the read as you do. <laughs> uh, and, and look, the producers there, like they had the great, uh, the great. Uh, well, I mean, Tyler's visuals. taking the ads to the new, exactly. To a new level so uh, I gotta say, this operation. You know, thing a step is, up for me as far as the manscape. The thing uh, is, though, he, he does all this without supervision, so there's a real danger that at some point he's going to exchange like scrolling through Manscaped's website with like a <laughs> like a home video of him doing something with the Manscaped. I I wouldn't be able to stop him. You do have to be happen. careful. You do have to be careful. That's in, all I'm in saying. These times, you don't want some <laughs> Jeffrey Tube and magic mat, disposable shaving mats. Huh. All right. That looks like just a newspaper. Is that just a newspaper that they're selling for four bucks that will catch the hair that you shave off your nuts? I mean, kudos to them if it is, because that's a hell of a uh, that's a hell of a money making scheme. Look, like newspapers are really struggling these days with with especially like the the physical print paper. Nanscape could bring them back. Imagine they not only save your balls, but, but save they the newspaper save, industry. Yeah, they save journalism. Right. And you can get 20% off with, man, with you, finders, my finder's fee is in the mail. Promo code PFF. This is making everybody money. This is beautiful. All right. Now I want to turn to the MVP award because you insist that it isn't stupid. Justify yourself because it is. What's that? The MVP award. It's oh. dumb. It's ridiculous. And I don't like well, it. Well, okay, but bring it back here, okay? <laughs> now, every other sport has an MVP award, right? In some guys. every every other sport, in, you know, American sport. I know you're now you're, we're getting you're to it. now we're getting to you know it. that you like I I you know I'm not as worldly, but <laughs> basketball has an MVP award, baseball right. has an MVP award, hockey. No one cares about hockey, but like <laughs> the so the problem is is like those sports. The MVP is generally speaking the best player. Yes, 
And football is such a unique game mm-hmm. in that the fo- football depends so much on on the quarterback position. So the MVP is almost always going to be a quarterback. People can be mad about this, but like if you take and and I love Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's most valuable running back per PFF wins above replacement and like he's a wonderful player. If you take Jonathan Taylor off the Colts, the point spread maybe moves a half a point. Maybe. Right. We've already seen it today. You take Baker Mayfield off the Browns, and the point spread moves multiple points. Well, we saw it with Wentz. Like when, and stick with the same team. When Wentz was the COVID question mark, yeah. and it was Sam Ellinger. That moved almost start. a touchdown. Right. Exactly. And so <clears throat> MVP, and so people who, who are upset about this year specifically when I will grant, like quarterback play has not been as good or universally as good around the league. Or say, oh, we have to still shoehorn a quarterback in. The answer is yes. If it is a most valuable player award, you the the best quarterback. The, and actually, this is a good story about Steve. The, the thing about Steve's story too. It's not even just the best quarterback. It's the quarterback that provided the most value right. is the MVP. And that is there's no discussion about that. And it's still and it matters just for my own sake, Sam. So I know who to mute on Twitter. <laughs> That's why I'm defending the MVP the way it currently is now. We have, what, Offensive Player of the Year? Mm-hmm. We have Defensive Player of the Year. Those don't have value attached to them. I'm more than happy to give guys like Jonathan Taylor Offensive Player of the Year and you know, uh, Aaron Donald Defensive Player of the Year. But don't you think that the MVP award has just become corrupted and we are talking about this value thing for no reason other than the, the NFL football is a unique game where it becomes a problem because the MVP is a uniquely American thing, right? The every sport has some kind of best player recognition at the end of the year, right? Where we give and most sports call it the player of the year because all you're doing is that guy was the best player in the NFL or that guy was the best player in whatever sport we're talking about this year. He is the most outstanding player. He is the player of the year. We give him that award and it's the same, you know, the, in football and in America, you have Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. the MVP of the game. But in any other sport, it's just player of the match, player of the game, mm-hmm. right? The player. Like, so because you guys named it something different from everybody else in the world, MVP as opposed to player of the game, player of the, of the year, you got trapped in this world where all of a sudden you need to care about value in a sport that is uniquely twisted where one position is but way more valuable. But, but isn't that like... In a game, I think most valuable player can be any player generally. Like if, but it's always it, it's the the most of the time it's going to be a quarterback. Yeah. But it still could be in a game a wide receiver, running back, a defensive lineman, a, a corner. Um, but like, I guess my issue is is how do you divorce value from outstanding? Because like a left guard can have the most. Like if a left guard goes out there and pancakes a guy the entire game. He's still probably not the most valuable player, sure. but he's probably the most outstanding player. Mm-hmm. And how do we, if if these games, and I think this is where the disconnect goes between analytics folks like myself and maybe like more of the coaching realm or just traditional football people, you know, you see the disconnect in that like, you know, we're trying to ruthlessly pick up dollar bills off the ground and win games, right? Like we're ruthlessly towards that objective. Whereas I think a lot of football people, they just like some of the actions for the aesthetics of it, right? Like, they love the fact that Quentin Nelson could pancake a defensive lineman. And, like, whether or not that play ended up, ended up five yards or, or 35 yards is of no concern. And I get that. I understand the aesthetics of the game. I understand I'm a guy who watches old games on YouTube and, like, I'm a, jer- a dork about this stuff as much as anybody. But, like, we just have to come to an agreement on what we're measuring, right? Because – if we're trying to say who had the most impact on the season, it's a quarterback every yeah. freaking time. And and if we're saying, okay, who was the most aesthetically pleasing person to us? Like that's where I get where like how do we even measure that? How do we even like come up with like is it just a person's opinion? And if that's the case, that's fine, as long as we are upfront about that. But right? that's all it is anyway, right? Because now you it's I mean you've got I forget the guy's name. The Chicago Oh, Radio. Habarkish? Yeah, yeah. Going off on a rant about how he's not giving his vote to Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy. Want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast? Whether it's football success or financial savvy, winning starts with asking us questions. 
Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Al on Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Western and Southern is teaming up with PFF's very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help out and help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Every submission earns you a chance to win the ultimate feast to celebrate football's favorite Sunday. We'll cover your catering up to $2,500, coordinate your order from restaurants near you, and have it delivered on February the 13th, 2022 pretty key date for the football calendar. I think you'll agree. And don't forget to check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western and Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com forward slash ask Chris. That's C-R-I-S. One more time, that's westernsouthern.com forward slash ask Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western and Southern, you can rest assured on game day. And now, back to the podcast interview. And he was making a point, like, that the AP, like, they specifically don't want to set criteria for this. They want opinion. Yeah. They want 50 dudes with zero guidance going out there and, like, plucking it out of the sky. This is what, this is what the word value means. Like, it's like a high school assignment, mm-hmm. right? This is what the word value means in my mind. So we're voting yeah. this way. Like, it, the whole thing feels like a, a warped corruption of what, the, the, the purpose is in yeah. every other sport, in every other country, in er- everywhere, which is just who was the best dude over a period of time. Yeah. Regardless guess- of position, who was it? Now, look, I'm not saying every other sport has it nailed, right? In soccer, the guy willing the, winning the Ballon d'Or every year, which is you know the best player of the year in theory, is always an attacking player, right? Like defenders get, yeah. get screwed. Well, why is that? Right. Because it, in soccer, we have, a, we have a hell of a time measuring defense. Yeah. So it's the same idea, right? Like you're, it is going to get warped, whatever you do, but it feels like in football, football has been uniquely um, twisted because the quarterback is, is the most valuable thing by a mile. And so we get hung up on this word value, whereas all we're really trying to do is give an award out to the best player every year. Yeah, but the, the problem I think with that is, again, like it ultimately comes down to value anyway. Because if we made it most outstanding football player, and you, like, you posit uh, Aaron Donald, and I, and I come back and I say, no, I, I think it's Devontae Adams, right? Then you and I argue, right? And, and, I, and then ultimately it's going to come down to who affected the game more, right? <laughs> Don't, don't you know, think? Like, because we, and, and again, like, we just have a hell of a time as a culture agreeing to disagree. But ultimately, sure. what you're going to say is, look, Aaron Donald is the most disruptive defensive lineman in all of football. And I'm going to say, sure, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to say, Devontae Adams, is, given, given what that team has to support him and given, you know, the offensive line issues and, you know, the fact that he can get open in under two and a half seconds is, to me, and then it's going to come back to this, one of the most valuable things in all of football. But isn't that a better argument than just weighing up, like, a bunch of different quarterbacks and then the one dude out in his own sort of riding the Jonathan Taylor train trying to sure, convince everybody that sure, a running back? Sure, but, like, back? we like... We like well-defined things, don't we? We like, and but the, none of the, this is defined. That's but the, the MVP award is extremely well-defined. It's who is the most outstanding quarterback in the NFL in in a year. Like whether you like it or not, it's well-defined. <laughs> it, the, it, well, it, that part is, but then the actual criteria isn't because then you have the dude. You know, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a nasty human, so I'm not voting for him. Well, but of course, but you can't account for stupidity within <laughs> the, the. And and again, like you can think whatever you want about Rodgers and. Again, it's not like, but even like the Hall of Fame, like the same thing's true about the Hall of Fame. Like Pete Rose, you know, Cincinnati great. Like there are moral reasons he's not in the Hall of Fame. And again, like my issue with, you know, just completely scrapping the most valuable player award is it is a very well-defined thing in football. Football is just so unique, though, that it's not going to be satisfying to somebody who wants to recognize the greatness of players like Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, uh, Aaron Donald, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry in past seasons, or even offensive line like Trent Williams. Like Trent Williams is one is you can make a case that he's the most outstanding player in football. Yeah. But then it always comes back to, well, how, you know, then you go come back to Justin Tucker some years and you say, well, Justin Tucker's the most, uh, you know, relative to the rest of his position. Justin he, Tucker he's ruins the, every MVP and, like, great player but, debate. But, but you know what I'm saying? Justin Tucker is, I mean, and our colleague, uh, the great Timo Risky wrote this. Like, he's literally the one kicker who's repeatedly good. Yeah. And so then you, you do have to come back down and say, 
well, value, right? Because that's really, or like, what if a punter was... I, I do think, though, you can kind of draw a line between... But where does know, the line get drawn? Players. Does it get drawn at guard? Yeah. Running back? No, no, no. I think you can draw a, line, a clear line between, like, actual players that play the game and a guy that gets trotted out to kick a ball every now and again, regardless that, of a, punt or kick. I don't know. The Detroit Lions, when he was kicking a 66-yard field goal, sure thought Tucker was real. But even just from a, from a, um, a sheer volume of plays standpoint like the dude plays how many snaps a game a year i mean john coon made the pro bowl playing a lot like playing like 150 snaps a year look let's not get into the pro bowl (laughs) the problems with that i mean john coon made all all pro team in 2015 yeah sure but that's because they still have fullbacks when nobody plays with them like that's a different issue okay i was was thinking about it today like you can make a case that aaron donald should be on a run of six straight defensive player of the year awards but he isn't because we get bored with that and we go, well, it's, it's time to give it to somebody else. Stephon Gilmore had a great year this year. Let's give him the award. Even though Aaron Donald had, you know, as good a year, if not better, but it wasn't as good as his year the year before. Like Donald but I think is not that, getting doesn't that open, But that's just like the, the precociousness of the award, right? Which is when you do open up to multiple different positions, it's just like, oh, shiny object in one position group, right? Makes me overlook constant brilliance in another position group again it's part of the issue of this thing not being well defined right like if we had a more like college system where you have the, like the Belenikoff award for the best wide receiver like and again we kind of have that in some areas but not really and and we do have all pro teams we do have the pro bowl and like i think players do get recognized it's just that it's yeah i i like i'm less offended by the the, the mvp <laughs> award because and I do think it reflects an overall evolution of the game of football, too. Like, I, we don't have PFF war all the way back to, like, the 80s. But I do think, like, there might have been a year where Lawrence Taylor was literally the most valuable right. player in football. And nowadays, the, the game has become so concentrated on the play of the quarterback that, uh, you know, the fact that we haven't had an MVP since Adrian Peterson in 2012, I think, does reflect, uh, you know, it, it does reflect a, 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 you know, the, a current understanding of the current game of football. I don't know. It just feels to me a shame that the most sort of prestigious award, I know they call what the most prestigious award the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing, but the most prestigious on-field award for football is now locked into this just pick your best quarterback every year. It, It just seems a shame that we are like ignoring every other position, regardless of how well those guys play, for the most prestigious on-field award every season because of this what I think is an unintentional distortion of what the thing was supposed to be. Like the only mm-hmm. reason we talk about value every single year is simply because the Americanization of the language for that award was MVP and where everyone else went, you know, best player, player of the year, whatever their description was, you guys universally across all your sports, basketball, football, baseball, you called it MVP soccer. Mm-hmm. And in every other sport that kind of still works because there hasn't been this weird, shift where one position is always by far the most valuable player in football it has and we're now just trapped in this world where it's quarterbacks every year that just that just seems like a shame yeah that's a good point i mean i like i said i i think again it's a good discussion topic to truly like there is there are certain things in this in this league that i like try to turn to to make to to wonder like you're never going to say somebody's the mvp besides a quarterback right like just because of it, the, but there are people who will try to argue for that, and like I think those people can be safely ignored. Like I think that that's a that's a benefit of the current of the current structure. But just because it, it suits me as an analyst doesn't mean yeah. It's to the me, best. to me, that is your strongest argument. Is that on a personal level, it allows you to mute a giant <laughs> swathe of people that are going to argue for Jonathan Taylor or uh, Micah Parsons or insert yeah. random really good player, but not guy that fits in an MVP conversation. Right. Like, I, lo- I looked it up for uh, a, a script I was doing for something earlier in the week that, you know, Jonathan Taylor is sitting there with a 0.19 war, which is the best of any running back in the NFL this year, but it ranks in the 30s amongst quarterbacks, like, depending on how, like, yeah. if you strip out the backup quarterbacks, which, by the way, are ahead of him. Like, Yeah, there are some like, backups who have come in and, like, Played well. And, right. And not just played well, but just like played long enough to have done yeah. more for wins than Jonathan Taylor. So if you strip those guys out, he's still like 31 of 32. Like he would be dead ass last amongst quarterbacks. That's the way of the world now. So you can't make an argument for Jonathan Taylor or Micah Parsons or anybody else. Like you're just stuck in this world where 
It's Rodgers, it's Brady, it's Burrow, it's yeah, it's a crappy conversation. That's all I'm saying. And that's why we have the uh, the Dwight Stevenson Award. Yeah, for just uh, the we, best we, yeah player. Which, which has its own, you know, obviously uh, fun things about it. Um, right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use the code NFLPOD. Now you're like, you're uh, helping the enemy here. You're I know. Well, I had the PFF forecast this afternoon with George. We're not going live, okay. um, but but it will be up soon. We, that's where we pick our lock of the week this week. Um, you know, PFF Greenline, that's sort of our baby there. Um, you get access to it. This week is kind of weird because you have a bunch of players, you know, resting and stuff. We do have the simulation where you can look at uh, futures and stuff like that. I think there's some value still, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you can get 25%, 25% off the value, but critically, you have to use our promo code, not not Eric's on the forecasts, because we get credit for it. And by we, I mean me and Steve, not you. So NFL Pod is the promo code to get 25% off any PFF subscription. Grades, data, we still have all of that, obviously, through the playoffs for all the seasons so far. You can get all the locked content, the locked article content, um, the college football betting dashboards. Obviously, college football is winding down. Um, NFL Green Line is up 27 units this season, so it says in the read. College Green Line up 32 units this season. So the leverage PFF data is helping you make money. Um, I meant to ask you, actually, what is – so you and Anthony Tresh had a bet on the Alabama-Cincinnati spread, right, where if, if Bama covered the spread, uh, whoever lost gets a bucket of warm water – or a bucket of warm butter dumped on their head. What is the weirdest thing you've ever bet? Oh, man. That has to be the one bucket, of them. The, the butter bucket. Yeah, it's crazy because Lando Lakes like came up and sponsored the whole thing. I grew up in Minnesota. Lando Lakes was like is a Minnesota brand. Um, the that's one of the weirder one. I have to eat Skyline Chili because there was a Slack message way back that Anthony Tresh found that said <laughs> I said like, look, if the Bearcat, this was like in August, right? If the Bearcats make the college football playoff, I'll eat Skyline Chili. I've never. Have you ever had it, Sam? Yes, once. And that, that's it? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, like, I think I'm going to have know, my ones. You move over to Cincinnati, and it's like, oh, Skyline Chili's the thing. Everyone's got to, you got to try it once. So we all, like, as a family, me, Scout, and Laura went out, tried the Skyline Chili, and like, okay, that's that done. <laughs> that will not be happening again. On we go. Yeah, so i You I'm haven't a, had it, right? I've never had it. It's and... not, I mean, so the name is misleading, right? It isn't Chili. It's not. That's that's the thing that irritates me so much. So when I used to when I was a college professor, I used to I used to consult with PFF, and I would come here on trips, and I would bring you know we George and I would come, and I'm always a huge chili. I'm a big chili fan. Right. And so like I would be like, hey George, let's go to Skyline. And he's like, bleep you. And I'm like, wait. And like I didn't get it. And then I like looked in, and I'm like, oh. The, like so now when I go to a restaurant here and I order chili, I'll go to the person and be like, I mean, are we talking you know, right? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we talking like actual, actual chili like, or human like a regular human person chili, or are we talking this stuff? But even if you like divorce it, like forget the spaghetti and the cheese thing, right? Remove that from the equation. The the meaty brown substance is not yeah. chili. It's like, like it's, it's a like spaghetti, substance. which like I guess I could take or leave the. The naming's interesting, right? Because like somebody's like, "Oh, are you gonna have a three-way?" I'm like, "Nobody's asked me that since like for a long time." But anyway, like I'm, there's like something on this on the screen I just saw it said a five-way. Like, yeah. what are what? Like, I, does the Skyline Chili guy have some sort of like? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what the you know. I'm not sure where the uh, the naming can where the discussion went there. You know, because you know. You've spoken to marketers over the time, right? You know, there's somebody somewhere going like, "This is how you get. This is how you get noticed, right?" Yeah. You make your you make your ordering process three way and five way. People are going to talk about it, and what's better than talking about it as free marketing? Like that's how we yeah. go viral. But yeah, so Anthony Tresh bet me. So, and I feel kind of lucky that this happened. But Anthony Anthony was very pro Cincinnati which I think like this is where you can get people in bets and like Anthony please listen so you don't lose to me again but the when when you win a bet on on something you that you want to double down on stuff right and so you know Anthony was very bullish on Cincinnati this year they go undefeated they you know they make it to the college football playoff and then he immediately said okay this is this is it's going to happen again right and like you know, I was kind of like, well, like, have we even seen this team play uh, a, a team as fast as this? So, you know, I'm at the sports book. I have, you know, Alabama minus 13 and a half. And 
I actually think Alabama played worse, you know, than than that number suggested. They just kind of kind of got lucky, and so therefore I'm lucky that I'm not getting doused in butter the way they could have just is. run the ball every play and covered 15. Like, well, and Bill O'Brien just you know comes back and haunts. The, the dreams of betters. Luckily, uh, we got lucky there. That Alabama coaching staff is like a, a recovery home for old NFL coaches. Like him, Doug Marone's doing something on the Steve sideline. Steve Sarkeesian was the office coordinator there before he went and got the Texas job. Yeah, it's, it's very much like a like a island of misfit toys except for Nick, Nick Saban. <laughs> it feels like, you know, Saban's just sitting there like, I got this. So if you guys need a place, you know, to rehab, to get back on track and get yourself in line for the next job, I got a spot for you. Like, I'm, I'm doing all this by myself here. You know, roll in. Roll in. I got you covered. Um, so when's that happening? What's the... So Monday night is the college football national championship. Okay. We are going to... We usually do the college football live show every Friday at 11. We're going to do it Monday, I believe, somewhere around 6. Uh, and we're going to run through the show. And then after... <laughs> and, and, like, the butter thing is really because Anthony won show. Like, so Anthony, you know, he's... Yeah, like, like final 15 thoughts. Years, 15 years younger than me. And, like, so I feel some sort of, like... I feel some responsibility to mentor him a little bit, of course. And so we get through a show, and Anthony crushes the show. He's great. All of his analysis is wonderful. And then somebody brings up a – like, I don't even think it was butter. It was just some other dairy product. And he goes, butter's fake. And I'm just like – I'm like, Anthony, you had such a good show. And you go like, Bill Buckner, this ball between your legs. What the hell? And so – I was like, and I was reluctant at first because I was like, I don't even, I'm not that confident in Alabama, not that confident, yeah. but I, 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 but that was the side I liked. And I was like, fine, I just want Anthony doused in something he thinks is fake. Yeah. the it, it strikes me that this is the kind of bet where, like, the experience itself will be unpleasant, you know, having yeah, yeah. a, a bucket of butter dumped on you. <clears throat> but that is nothing compared with what the next three hours of his life will be. Like, yeah. that's when you learn the lesson. It's not the... The dunking part, like that's kind of fun. You know, you're in this, you're you're sort of g'd up for it. It's it's mm-hmm. everyone's laughing, but like when you're four showers in and you're still like greased oh, up and it's not coming out, like or when you've got to get a dude in to snake your shower drain because you yeah. clocked it up with butter a day later, that's when you're going to be like, I am never making a dumbass bet like this again in my life. Like that's when the lesson's going to hit home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, these are the lessons we all learn. You have to life. learn these lessons, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Georgia, Alabama. I think if anybody watched those games on Friday, I know you're not a huge college football fan. I watch them, though. I watch, yeah, and like you yeah. watch them, and you're like, Georgia looked like the most impressive team, you know. And, and but it's hard to shake the uh, double digit win by by Alabama just a few weeks ago. So uh, Georgia's three point favorites. I think um, if I had to bet a side, I would bet Bama with the points. But uh, you know, it, take a look at PFF Green Line and see what you like there. So we got uh, another email in from a guy called Taylor Johnson, who was asking essentially about. Um, kind of variance involved with quarterback play, <clears throat> and we've. He was essentially asking, you know, if you have two quarterbacks over uh, a period of time that are both going to average the same kind of grade, right? 85, they're both good players, but one of them is firmly in that range every year, right? He's going to be 80 to 88, 89. He's he's locked in that kind of 80s grade year on year on year, consistently good. The other guy is going to bounce all over the place. He's going to go, he's going to have crappy years of like, you know, 70 grades, but then he's going to have a couple of years where he's the best quarterback in the NFL, putting up a 90 plus grade, looking, you know, MVP caliber year. Which guy do you want over a decade career and, and why? Like, is there value now in not even trying to get a ba- not even trying to establish a baseline of a quarterback but going I want the guy that sooner or later is going to put it together and have a crazy year I think variance in a game like football is as long as your baseline so like we're we're not even talking about two guys who have who are top tier guys on average we're talking right. about second tier guys who like think about Matt Ryan's 2016 year I think of Matt Ryan sort of as a second tier quarterback yeah. 2016 is what he's capable of, yeah. and you lean in like I'll take that over a guy who's sort of consistently second tier because consistently second tier you're just like you have to think about if you want to win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's again, basically it's basically the Kirk Cousins argument, isn't it? Like, yeah, Kirk like, Cousins uh, every year now looks like he's going to be like somewhere yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, he's, he's good. Kirk's a top 10 quarterback. But never going to be a top six quarterback. Right. Like I think, and our grades are our grades are certainly something. And I think Kirk, you know, it's sort of the uh, the um, 
Kirk's kind of this issue of like what you measure, you you know what you uh, you reap, what you reward, right? Like I think Kirk like does things that our, our grading system rewards that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, um, well, you've also got one more week. If they play their starters, he could easily drop out of the top six in that yeah, last yeah. week. So, so I think the issue with cousins is like, you're always getting a pretty good quarterback, but you have to pay a lot for it. And you're never going to get positive surplus value out of that contract. Whereas if you look at Matt Ryan, 2016, you're talking about a four and a half war player. Right. And you think about like, just as a rule of thumb, every win above replacements from a quarterback's worth about, $10 million. So if you have a four and a half win season, like you're going to have tremendous surplus value, even above a current market NFL contract. Right. So that's what I, I prefer variance. If I'm not going to have one of the truly elite guys, because, you know, but I, I, my, my objective function is almost always winning a Super Bowl. If I'm an owner of a team, maybe, maybe I do prefer somebody like Kirk Cousins where, you know, you know, you're a Vikes fan. I grew up in Minnesota. I was a Vikes fan growing up. And like you, you, that team is compelling for 17 weeks every single year, right? That probably puts a lot of money in Ziggy Wolf's pocket, right? If that's what you're, if that's what you want, maybe Kirk Cousins is the right choice. If you want to win a Super Bowl, right. I would almost always prefer the Philip Rivers, right? The Matt Ryan, the guy who like can lead the league in picks, but can also lead the league in all the passing stats and be an MVP caliber guy. We've hit the final week of the pro football regular season, and college football is heading into the national championship. DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down the season with a big win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still find your way to the winner's circle. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You ever phone that number? I'm more of a 1-800-9-WITH-IT guy in okay. Indiana. I wonder did, what happened when they like sunsetted that out. Did they just cease to exist? Or I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I here's a here's a thought I have. By the way, because DraftKings is not legal in every state. It's legal in Indiana over there. It's legal in Jersey. It's like, also, by the way, I went to the Army Navy game. You can't bet on games played in Jersey on the, any of those New Jersey apps. So there's a little bit of a loophole there. Mm. And I think that what they're trying to do is keep you from front running games. Like if you go to the game, you're a little ahead of their live stuff. Right. Yeah, you know, but whatever. My, my, here's my, my million dollar idea for the United States of America. I think if I ran on this, I could get every single person on, of any political stripe to vote for me. Okay. There should be four or more sports betting holidays a year where sports betting is legal in every state. Okay. That's it. Why is that better than just having it legal, period? Well, because you have the stuffiness of like the Montanas and the, you know, like, the states want to. So it's like an, it's an olive branch. We're we're compromising. Exactly. Here. It's it's like okay, we're trying to figure this out at the at the country level. You know, New York just legalized it. Ohio just legalized it. Uh, you know, some states have completely botched it. Some states are being moralized. You know, moralizing about it. But for but executive order, Joe Biden, we have finder's fee in the mail. Four days a year, sports betting is legal, no matter where you live. I, I don't hate it. I I don't hate that at all. It is, it is kind of, it's funny because again, this is another like area where the U.S. is very different than everywhere <laughs> yes. else. Like Ireland, U.K., they've had legalized sports gambling for decades. But now there's like a pushback of, you know, have we let this go too far? Like, do we need to wind it way back and maybe not have every single English premiership team with some form of yeah, gambling yeah, yeah, company yeah, 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 yeah. on their sponsor? You know, do we, do we really need to be putting it in everybody's face every single second of the day, particularly young people? There's a great book by comedian Colin Quinn called Overstated that I, I recently read. Uh, it was out in 2020. Called Over, it's called Overstated. He goes through every single state in the union and talks about sort of the uniquenesses of it. I think that's something that somebody outside the U.S. would be fairly surprised by, like how... 
like Vermont is different than right. Montana is different than Texas. And um, and I think sports betting is going to be one of those things where the average person who wasn't paying attention to that will, will sort of see uh, the, the differences in each state and how they're operating. Yeah, it is kind of wild. That was one of the most interesting things. By the way, like, so I have a I have an Android phone, right, which uh-huh. people find offensive just on its face. It it made me do what well, it didn't make me. It gave me a software update at some point recently, and I did it. And since I updated the software, it now randomly like wakes up and starts responding to things that people have said in mid conversation. That's like me. Uh, my wife will say that's like just like me. <laughs> it also randomly like turns on and off the silent function. Like if I <laughs> silent the phone and shut it down and sit it here, it like randomly will no longer be on silent, and the noise will like the. The volume and the vibration and stuff will be back. I, the thing has gone to hell. Never update the software. Never. Never, never, never do it. Never do it. It's a mistake. I learned that on computers, and for some reason I ignored it when the phone was like, do you want to update the software? Sure. Maybe there's great new features in here. No, I just trashed my phone. So now I'm in this world where, like, if you tell that to anybody with an iPhone, they're like, well, you should have just got an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I, think that's, I think that's us done, Eric. I think it's a nice, nice tight little show here. Talks some... Uh, some quarterbacks, debated MVP, MVP yeah. butter. I mean, you know, we butter. hit everything. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I always enjoy coming on the show. I think it's obviously uh, so much fun to talk to, you know, to a different perspective about football, even though we, we, everybody thinks that we're such a monolith, right, at PFF. You're like, oh, you know, you said this. And I'm like, no, actually, Sam said that. Yeah, and yeah. Sam's a very different person than me. The amount of crap I have taken personally. Because of me, I think. Not just from you, but George, from the well, duck over, the duck Hodges is better than Josh Allen thing, right? right? I get people regularly throwing that in my face. Like, I, I had, did not I say had nothing to do with it, and I disagreed with it at the yeah. time. Like, I literally get shit for that. And the funniest thing is, it was in a betting article that we write, and he and we 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 on purpose take opposite sides of the game. Right. So in theory, I'm on the complete opposite <laughs> side of the Duck Hodges is better than Josh Allen thing, and I still take flack for it because my name's on the byline. Yeah. You take flack for it for some reason. Like, you get like a just because I'm like front and center. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like the visible yeah. face of PFF. Well, I'll think about times. that next time I come up with a flaming hot take that you and Steve have to deal with it. Absolutely, yeah. Or you know, there's, I'm sure there's crap that we've said that other people take. People, yeah, it, it is funny that people simply do not differentiate, like, yeah. the, the, the PFF person. Or even, like, Chris will it. say something on the broadcast, which, you know, bless Chris, but, like, he says something, and, of course, like, you know, it's like, don't you realize that we all, like, come to maybe different conclusions? I think we're all reasonable football yeah. observers and stuff, but, like, it is, it, it's it crazy. Is, it's funny, though, the different background stuff and the different, like, just, yeah, like, places we're all coming from like you you and i specifically on the mathematical side of things could not be coming from more different places like you are a mathematics phd right which is presumably about as high as you can get beyond doing some kind of like yeah, theoretical yeah. mathematics where you're the dude from um goodwill hunting i, I have know? i have like proven like 10 of my own theorems right like that's like kind of so you're like right there with yeah. the guy in goodwill hunting on the giant chalkboard yeah, yeah. for days right me I so in the UK the levels of education are like whatever the basic lower level stuff is then you do GCSEs and then you did A levels <laughs> at the time right and so the the sort of intermediate thing when you're like 15 16 something like that I did GCSE maths and the teacher would not allow me to do the higher paper. I had to do intermediate GCSE <laughs> maths because he was convinced that I would fail the higher paper. So literally like the grade maxed out at a B. Like, you couldn't get an A. Yeah, it didn't yeah. exist on the intermediate paper. So I got a B and was simply was not permitted to attempt the A paper. Uh, and that's, like, that's the extent. But now you're, like, the face of football analytics. I know, Think right? about that. That's, that's America. What, well, a, what a great opportunity. At one point, uh, evidently, my LinkedIn profile made me look, like, a lot closer to, like, the analytics yeah. stuff than actually existed. So... At one point, I was being headhunted by the NFL to head up some sort of analytics division. I'm yeah. like, so trust me when yeah. I tell you, that's not what I do here. <laughs> not the kind of role. You don't want me running that. Yeah. Unless it's a very, you know, emeritus position where I just get the direct mathematical yeah. people to tell me things. Otherwise, I'm definitely your wrong guy. Awesome. Um, all right. That's us out. So Steve will be back uh, tomorrow previewing all of week 18. 18 just sounds wrong. It's, I don't like it. 1993, they had one. Did and they? They, w- they had two buys in 1993, and then they immediately... Why? I don't know. But they scrapped it. So there's a last bit of trivia, okay? 
Did you know that the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers once played five times in a calendar year? No. Why? So 1993, they had week 18. So they gave each team two buys. Okay. So, so week the 18, year. they played in January. But then they also played the first round of the playoffs. So that's two. Right. Then in 94, they scrapped the bot, the two buys and they put one buy. So the Packers played the Lions both their normal two times. Uh-huh. But then the division, the wildcard oh. round of the playoffs, they played again, and it was on the other side of the New Year. So they played five times in a calendar, in calendar year, year because of this weird <laughs> quirk. Uh, and, and the final of them, Barry Sanders had this famous 13 carries for minus one yard at Lambeau Field in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's good trivia. I like that. That's a good one. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks to the good doctor, Dr. G- DJN. I like that. We should make that stick. Dr. DJN. Yeah, sure. Head to the uh, the PFF forecast. They're on the same YouTube channel as this and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Steve will be back tomorrow. Take it easy.